Hello, happy new year. You're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin on the C, and joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Happy new year, everyone. This year can't possibly be worse than last year, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 just, just speak, spoke too soon. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there are going to be fewer global pandemics this year, but who knows? Maybe that's uh, maybe it's every every year now. Is uh, no, twenty twenty. I discovered today uh, for our maths and maths fan listeners, um, twenty twenty one is uh, is forty three times forty seven. Uh, and the last time that the two year, prime numbers, two prime numbers, two consecutive prime numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, the last time that the year was uh, a multiple of two consecutive prime numbers was 1763. Whoa, interesting. Hmm. Is, there, uh, is there a name for these kind of numbers? Uh, well, I don't know. Twin primes is when they're two apart. I don't know if there's a, no- a name for consecutive primes that aren't, that there are more than two apart. I don't know. Hmm. Consecutive primes, I guess. Uh, well, Colin, they just drove out half hour. Uh, Colin away, primes. But... I'm going to name them after myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you name it after your last name anyway? Yeah, but I feel that Thomas Primes might confuse people. I don't know. Colin Thomas Primes, I go full name. (laughs) Yeah, way way to buck the trend. What a way to introduce um, 2021. What a way indeed. Today we are looking back at 2020. We're looking forward at 2021. um, And we obviously have the first quiz of the year. Zijan fresh from his victory last year. Uh, we're also uh, looking at uh, what are we looking at? The films of Michael. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking at the films of Michael Stuhlberg. Um, yes, we yeah, are. we are indeed, uh, and of course, much, much more. If by much, not more, really much more. You mean Colin. hardly anything? Um, <laughs> yeah, like so. Remember when we spoke about that? Usually, the December period. In our last podcast, we spoke about usually in the de- December period. There isn't much news to begin with because you know people are celebrating their holidays. It's Christmas time, it's New Year's time. No one's releasing news about this time uh, of the year. Uh, and you know, luckily, we had the Disney Investor Day two uh, weeks ago we because that helped bug talk our podcast news by quite a bit. It's a whole episode of well, it. Well, yeah. yeah. Guess what? So <laughs> the lack of news is uh, rolling in in this podcast because there isn't any. Or much? It's not much. I've got, I've got two. I've got. I've two. got two with a backup if I need it. <laughs> I've got two, and they're hardly even news okay. anyway. So, the first bit of news, which hardly is a news, is that Wonder Woman three is official. It's happening. It's it's Patty Jenkins. It's Gal Gadot. Yes. Uh, no, it's present so- present day. I think they said. Oh, did they say that? I, I did not hear that bit. But well, given how. You know, they've been doing the past few films. The first one was set in World War One. The most recent one, which um, spoilers alert, we'll talk about it in our next podcast. Uh, yes, Sijan's seen it. Uh, I, I haven't because I'm in <laughs> t- tier three. It's set in 1984, Colin. It's a spoiler, just in oh, case. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's why they called it Wonder Woman 1984. I get it. Um, I get it. Good, good. A year before we were born. Yes, yes. <laughs> So using that logic, it makes quite a lot of sense that the next film will be set in the present time. So the first one was probably set, I don't know exactly when it was set, but let's say 1916. Um, kind of just bang in the middle of the First World War. Mm. I, I, might, I might be a year or two out. Uh, so what's that? that's a uh, 68-year jump for the next one. If they're maintaining that logic, we're going to go way <laughs> into the future. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not sure why they would. I'd, I'd like to see... Paddy Jenkins' pitch for this is like I'm only doing the 68 year intervals. Here we go. 
I'm not sure why they chose 1984, but I guess this is a topic for the next podcast anyway. So uh, next time, um, where I will be able to watch it on download if uh, if cinemas are not open again, which I suspect they won't be. Uh, so you've already seen it. If you're in uh, Malaysia, feel free to watch it in the only cinema in the state. <laughs> uh, although if I if I do fly to Malaysia, I got a quarantine for two weeks. I'm nice. So um... oh, seven days now. We've reduced it. Oh, so seven days. Fun. Okay, mm. I still I can get in under the wire. <laughs> um, exactly. I'll see you there. Uh, we wouldn't have to record at uh, such specific times to make sure that we're both awake. So we could record from Malaysia time. Yeah. Um, that was my main piece of news, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> I also have... So we know there's an Elvis film coming up, um, which I think they've already filmed quite a lot of, but uh, I could be wrong. About Kelvin Harrison Jr., uh, who you will know possibly from my sporting role in The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, is going to be playing B.B. King in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a mu- musician and contemporary of ours. Ah, I, 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 I don't really follow the timelines, of, especially of old artists, so I have no idea. Mm. When, I didn't know that B.B. King was in the same yeah same period as Elvis, so huh, good to yeah, know. Yeah, I, mean, I guess Elvis covered quite a, quite a wide period, but uh, yes, uh, referenced in About Time, I think. Ah. I think, I could be wrong. Cool. Um, and that brings down to my last bit of news yes. is that <laughs> the, the Russo Brothers has a new project coming up oh, yeah. after The Grey Man. So they are first doing a spy thriller called The Grey Man. But after that, they have a new project called The Electric State, which is an Ooh, right. adaptation of a graphic novel. Uh, and it will star Millie Bobby Brown, who um, I'm pretty sure people will know as Enola Holmes or more famously in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. uh, who plays... Uh, a teenager who realizes that a strange but sweet robot who comes to her has been sent by her missing brother. Okay. That's pretty much the plot. Uh, well, that's the overview of the film anyway. But yeah. So, Russo Brothers, for those who are interested, did all the Avengers films. And next film coming out is The Grey Man. And then this will be coming out after that. Okay, good for them. Good for them. Um, the only other thing I had was that Richard Donner has confirmed he's still on to make uh, Lethal Weapon 5. But... Um, it does feel a bit like he already said he was going to do it. He's 91, so he may have forgotten that he said he was going to do it. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure anyone wants him to make it, so it might just be him trying to get some press out there. It's like, I'm still... Because I think they've been, this has been in the works for 20 years or something. So, uh, I've who, not uh, seen any of the Lethal Weapon films, I don't think. I have seen them all. They're, they're, some of them are good. I'm sure we had a quiz on it once as well. We did have a quiz on it once, yeah. Mm. yeah. Joe Pesci's in uh, some of them. It'd be interesting if they get him back. Anyway, that's the news. Nothing much happened, but we move on to to see or not to Z, where we talk about films we have seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not. Z them, Zijan. Hello. Uh, um, obviously, you've been back uh, back home in Malaysia, seeing your yes. your family. You won't have been spending any of that time sat in front of a screen just watching films on TV, right? <laughs> I've, yeah, I watched quite a few actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see, right when I was stuck in quarantine with nothing else to do, I didn't watch many films. No, <laughs> but as soon as you. As soon as you see your family, you're like, well, I'll see. just gotta yeah. go. Gotta do some podcast research. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It felt like the right time to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the thing is, right, the Netflix in Malaysia is actually really, really good when it comes yeah. to uh, the sheer amount of film that's on it. Like, honestly, calling Castaway is on Netflix uh, Malaysia. I don't think it's on Netflix UK for a while now. Although uh, Castaway was on uh, Channel 4 yesterday. You've not seen Come on, man. It's not, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to start this whole new year thing with a new me, right? Surely. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, what is, what is, what have you been watching instead of Castaway? And it better so, be better than Castaway. Or, or, well, whatever. given that you know we have to fill up all our time um, from the lack of news, I've seen three films. Okay. Uh, in between, apart from Wonder Woman as well, yeah. I'm really going to struggle to get this in my spreadsheet. There better be short titles. <laughs> well, the first one I shot, I saw Klaus. Oh, good, good. On 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 Christmas Day, no less, because I felt like it it was imperative to watch the Christmas film on Christmas Day, yes. even though I do not celebrate Christmas whatsoever. But I just felt like the right thing to do. You didn't celebrate um, it whatsoever. You didn't get any, didn't get any presents or anything. No, why? No, all right, no fun. No. Materialism no. is not big. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the new slogan for season of movies: materialism is not big. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, know, when, when did we become a new age um, guru kind of podcast? <laughs> Donning up <laughs> droplets of uh, of inspired wisdom there. It's the anyway, new, new Klaus. Colin, keep up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Klaus is an animated film which you can see on Netflix uh, right about now. It's about the son of a male man who's been sent into this uh, isolated area to deliver post. And that is where he, I'm pretty sure they've invented the whole idea of Christmas and Santa Claus uh, in, during his time there. Mm. Um, well, it's a Christmas film, as you can expect. So, um, and with a name like Klaus, what, what else could you expect mm. more from it? But it's done very, very well. It's a, I know you've seen this before, Colin, as well. Um, it's a yeah. very, very beautifully animated film. Uh, it touches all a lot of the right notes for a Christmas film, um, uh, as it should do. And I, yeah, I think well, people should watch it, but you should wait till next Christmas to do it's, so because yeah, I mean it's, it's well technically still Christmas as we record because uh, of the whole twelve days of Christmas thing. It does it does feel like the, the time has passed, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I say I saw this a couple of weeks before Christmas, um, and it's really good. It's beautiful, beautifully animated, lovely story. A few twists and, and turns to keep you going. Exactly, and if you pay attention to a quiz the last time, it was uh, one of the first animated film on Netflix that was nominated for an Oscar. So, mm. Mm. yeah, there you go. It's uh, If that's not uh, enough to get you to watch this film, you should, um, you should watch Pen- it. Pencil it in next year. Yeah, good yeah, start, ex- good start, okay. I The next film that I saw was uh, Little Women. Oh, right. Uh, based on the much-loved book by yours, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that book so much. <laughs> but I know uh, you've seen this film before, and I know you didn't mind this film that much as well. I have not seen this film. Have you not? <laughs> no, I refuse to watch it because I hated the book. Oh, why do? You, well, uh, is this? Um, are we talking about the uh, the most recent one? The um, yeah, the most recent one, critic, the Gerwig one. Yeah, that was yeah. nominated for um, an Oscar as well, um, the Best Picture Oscar in the previous um, awards. Uh, it stars uh, Laura Dern. It's actually a quite, quite a good cast, actually. Laura Dern, Shasha Ronan, Meryl Streep. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, uh, Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Yeah. yeah, both Shasha and good Florence cast. were um, nominated for an Oscar for that uh, for that film as well. Um, yeah, it's like a, a star-studded cast. Uh, like, you won this cast for any uh, <laughs> for anything, really. Um, yeah, uh, what this film did really well... Um, which uh, was surprising to me was that the timelines were jumping back and forth all the time. Yes, so instead yeah. of a pretty uh, linear, uh, straightforward way of uh, telling the story, uh, which Colin loves so much, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they decided to uh, change up a bit by moving by starting from the future or the end of the book, uh, 
or is it the middle of the book? Yeah, starting from the middle of the book and then jumping back and forth all the way, okay. I, which I think was very clever. And okay. because this story has been told quite a few times on screen before, um, yeah. I thought it was quite fresh. Um, and honestly, the cast is to die for. Um, you uh, even if you do not like this story, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think the cast alone, you know, you know, carried this film well. So, um, how, how, I don't think it's available on Netflix in this country. Uh, yeah, so you should fly to Malaysia to watch so it. So I'll fly to Malaysia and watch it. I, I mean, I'm not. I probably will watch it at some point when it get, when it's free. Uh, and also, I think I said before, Little Women in this country was published. Um, Effectively, as, as two volumes, one of which is called Little Women, one of which was called something else. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. Slightly Bigger Women, um, which in America <laughs> was published uh, all as one volume called Little Women. So I only read the first half of the book that this film is based on, effectively. And it does seem that all the all the big events, the ones that people talk about, are from the second half, as far as I can work out. So I do know quite a few spoilers for this, um, but they're not necessarily in the book I read. For, for, uh, for some weird reason, I always thought Little Women was set in the UK and not America. Right. Yeah, I've no idea why. Uh, okay, um, I guess you were wrong, Susan. <laughs> I, was I guess wrong. you were wrong. <laughs> but uh, although that's quite a quite an international cast, I suppose. Actually, it's mostly oh. American, isn't it? But um, Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh being Irish and British, well, respectively. Uh, and a third one. Yes. Uh, the third one, which was the last film I saw in 2020, yes. is the film Soul. Hmm. I also saw Soul. Uh, does this oh, mean, yeah. Zijan, does this mean yes. that you are now a fully paid up subscriber to Disney Plus? No, it's all in cinemas in Malaysia. Ah, right. Okay. Yes. No. I. I I've also. I've also seen it, and I also will be talking about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a brief overview, uh, because I've been talking a lot for the past uh, for the previous two films. You can you can catch up for me. Um, it's directed by Pete Doctor, uh, who did Monsters Inc., uh, Up, and Inside Out, mm-hmm. um, other Pixar films, which are actually pretty good Pixar films. Uh, all in all, yeah. yeah. Uh, they stars the voices of Jamie Fox, uh, Tina Fey, uh, Graham Norton, uh, Richard Ayoade. Uh, Angela Bassett, to name a few. Um, honestly, I sure I recognized Richard's uh, voice immediately, but for some reason, it just uh, passed me by. I, <laughs> I recognized I... Richard Ayoade's. There was one character that I was convinced was Gal Gadot, and it turned out not to be. It turned out to be um, Alicia Braga from The New Mutants. Ah. There you go. Which is weird, because she's got a very distinctive voice. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anyway. And uh, the story is about, it follows a middle school music teacher named Joe Gardner, who seeks to reunite his soul and his body after they were accidentally separated uh, just before his big break as a musician. Yeah, um, so I saw this on Disney+, Plus, uh, I, uh, rather than the cinema, because it's not in cinemas over here. Uh, and it was really good. It, it, it doesn't feel like a kid's film at all, to be honest. Um, no, the, the, the one or two, I guess, jokes for the child market. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, adults have been able to enjoy Pixar movies sometime, but... This one just seemed to have barely any pretense it was kids. I mean, it's all about, you know, you say, well, souls, obviously, metaphysical beings and life decisions. And it was all quite um, uh, the kind of stuff that, that uh, you would expect a, a, an adult film, as it were, um, to, to focus on. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, very, very moving, very thoughtful. Um, the ending surprised me a bit, which I won't spoil here. I thought, didn't think that was quite the way they're going to go with it. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. 
Yeah, me too. Um, we we are supposed to do a, an actual a whole podcast on this film as well, but mm. because of the whole um yeah things getting delayed and stuff, uh, we couldn't see it at the same time. But yeah, um, I'm quite glad I saw it. Um, it's it's great. Uh, these are some pretty weighty subject matters. Yeah. Uh, that Pixar, you know, uh, are going you know going through. I mean. In this, for example, it talks about how people get their personalities, um, what it means mm. to really live, like finding true happiness in just living. You know, very, very heavy stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Still and done in a very, very, yeah, as you said, Colin, thoughtful, very thoughtful way. Yeah, and I enjoyed Onward, um, but this is much better than Onward, I think. Definitely, I, yeah. I, I didn't really enjoy Coco, so I think, I think I think this is Pixar's best film for a long time, maybe since Inside Out. Mm-hmm. I I have to agree with you that, and and the music is wonderful though. Like if you like mm. jazz, like mm. oh, that's wonderful, wonderful music in this film. So I would suggest everyone to check it out on in cinemas if you don't have Disney Plus in Malaysia. Uh, yes, come to Malaysia. Yeah, we're all going. <laughs> Um, this is like a tourism advert for Malaysia, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time that uh, there's been a yeah, kind of a, a unmissable. Well, I guess it's missable, but kind of a, a big film on Disney Plus that I'm really happy I had Disney Plus for. Uh, I've seen a few films. I won't rattle through them all, but I will talk about The Midnight Sky, which is um, a new film on Netflix, uh, starring and directed by George Clooney uh, and co-starring uh, David Oyelowo, um Felicity Jones, uh, and a few others. Uh, it's about there's a it, it seems I, I I don't know when this was all divine stuff but it's kind of it's one of these films that's not about COVID but feels like it's connected to COVID in some ways mm. uh, which I don't think I think might be a coincidence but it, just because uh, there's been some sort of cataclysmic radiation event that they don't give details about that means they've had to uh, uh, evacuate the entire Earth and this happened this is set in 2049 uh, and George Clooney is uh, is this scientist who is basically the last person left on earth or one of you uh, who's up in the arctic and he's trying to communicate with a, a spaceship that's coming back from uh from a, a moon of jupiter oh so yeah i've seen the trailer for this now mm. now that you remind me I, I i like the name of the film you know it, yeah i couldn't place it at all but yeah. now that you mentioned what what's happening in it yeah i think i've yeah, seen the trailer for it it's quite a bland title which might hurt them um it sounds like another any other dozen films uh Interestingly, Felicity Jones um, became pregnant shortly after signing on, so they wrote that they wrote into the plot that her character was pregnant rather than ah. uh, shooting around it or recasting or anything or waiting. Uh, it's a beautiful film. I think it suffers a little bit from being on the small screen because I think this is a film that really I, mean, I think I think it was probably conceived as a Netflix original, but there's some beautiful shots that would have been nice to see um, on a big screen. George Clooney's really good in it. Um, the it suffers a bit from the lack of. Because there's two main plots. There's the George Clooney in the Arctic and there's this crew of this uh, spaceship. And, and they have very little interaction between them, I guess, because of the way the plot's driven. It's, it's, he's trying to get in touch with them and they're trying to get in touch with him, etc. But it does mean you basically get two different plots that overlap a little bit in the end. Um, there are a couple of twists in this film and I guess them both at the halfway point, um, which is not ideal. But uh, I think it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a, it's a very well-acted, beautiful film. It's not going to... Uh, change your lives but uh it's it's pretty good so mm. um if you've got netflix already um i can think of many worse ways to spend a couple of hours <laughs> right uh we move on then to our preview of 2021 where we look at the various films um that are coming out and saying here are the films that we want to watch 
people don't want to watch. Oh, this is a part where it's exactly the same as last year because obviously all the films that were supposed to come out last year <laughs> is coming out this year. So yeah, this if you want to hear what's going to happen, <laughs> just listen to last year's podcast, guys. It is a long list of films that we were excited by last year. Um, uh, so these are the superhero films I think that are coming out next uh, or this year as we record. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 you've already seen it I haven't uh, Morbius Black Widow Venom colon Let There Be Carnage Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings The Suicide Squad The Eternals Spider-Man Home 3 it's not going to be called that Home 3 it might be called though interesting is the Justice League extended one coming out this year as well oh yes I didn't include it because I think it's a TV series <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I think it's quite fair yeah, it's a mini series. I don't know what it is. It's it's a yeah. Snyder Cut is also this year. Of all the films out there, I think that those are all the films, right? I think those are all the all the superhero yeah. uh, ones we're getting. I mean, there'll be some animated ones as well, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, the one I'm looking forward to now. <laughs> Who cannot look forward to this Spider-Man multiverse that's happening, man? It's <laughs> by it's yeah by a mile the one I'm most excited by is the Spider-Man yeah. one. Um, I think all of these, other than Morbius. Um, which I think is going to be bad, and it was I. I don't have that high hopes for Black Widow. Really, I think it feels like it's um, it feels like it's something of the past to me. Black Widow. It feels like uh, we've, we the, the Marvel universe has moved on to speaking of more exciting things, and we. I, I would have loved to see a Black Widow film, maybe five years ago. Well, and, it doesn't uh, help that it's been delayed by a year as well, right? Like it doesn't adds, help. It yeah. only just adds to the whole. Yeah, it feels like it's part of the past thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've um, seen the trailer like how many, like a couple of years ago, right? Because it probably came out like the end of twenty nineteen, the first trailer for yeah, Black Widow. Did, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, imagine watching a trailer and getting all hyped up about it, only to discover that you're only watching the film one and a half hour, uh, one and a half years later. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, it's like Peter Rabbit too. I was never excited by that, but I can't believe that's not come out yet. I've been watching trailers for that for years. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, there we go. Spider-Man uh, Home Free. We, we gave it a title last time. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Homeward Bound, obviously. Homeward Bound. Spider-Man Homeward Bound uh, is the one we're most excited by. Let's well, let's move on from that then because we'll talk about the superhero film a lot <laughs> during the uh, year, I think. Yep. Uh, I, I always talk about the animated films that come out uh, in 2021 because yes, yeah. you always do not talk about it. Sure. Uh, apart from films that I will not watch, like the sequel to The Boss Baby, but if you're <laughs> interested in that, uh, feel yep. free to watch it. There is a sequel to Minions. Uh, there's Paw Patrol the movie, which I'm pretty sure lots of parents would be quite... Are you going to be watching Paw Patrol the movie? No, I won't. There's a sequel <laughs> to Sing, uh, the first one with Kevin yes. Edgerton. Um, that was a which very popular, but yeah, there's a Space Jam film uh, coming out, which is half semi-animated. Yeah, yeah, yep, semi-animated. But obviously, the two films that I'm very interested in coming that that's coming up are from Pixar and Disney, respectively. Mm-hmm. And the Disney film is Raya and the Last Dragon, and the only reason why I'm interested in it is because it's primarily set in Southeast Asia. Okay. So Raya, for example, the name Raya is a Malay word, uh, so it- which means celebrate. Okay. Is it a specific uh, Southeast Asian country, or is it just no, generic Southeast Asian? No, I think they're just generic Southeast Asian, so okay. they're going to incorporate like all the all the different cultures here. So, um, and it's it stars the voice of uh, Kelly Marie Tron from oh, Star yeah. Wars uh, and Aquafina as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that more because of its links to to my country and my culture more than anything else. Um, mm. like Disney has always been doing that with pretty much 
you know, they've pretty much covered all the cultures in the world already. Um, so it's about time they've covered mine. So yeah. looking forward to that because of mm-hmm. that alone. And the new Pixar film that's coming up is uh, Luca. Uh, that's the film set in Italy. Uh, and it's a coming of age story. So um, I'm always up for watching a new original Pixar film um, and yeah. not a sequel. And yeah, so looking forward to these two the most. Okay. Cool. I don't know how they're coming out, whether the Disney Plus or Cinemas or, or both or else. But, uh. Cool. Uh, there's a few. I, I don't want to look at the kind of the awards season, which is going to be a weird time this year because the Oscars have been pushed back uh, to March, I think, or to maybe a bit later. Um, or maybe maybe films released up until March are now eligible uh, this time. So I, I had a look, and um, most of these I hadn't come across. So it, it, I think quite often the Oscar season, we don't get them in this country until um, until after. A long time after, sometimes after the Oscars have actually happened, so it was kind of a bit of a surprise. But there's um, one of the favourites is called Nomad Land, uh, stars Frances McDormand as as, as a nom- nomadic person, effectively. So, so no fixed abode, just wandering uh, America, uh, and it looks it looks beautiful from from the trailer. Um, I guess it's slightly reminiscent of things like Wild, where it's all about getting back in touch with nature and, and all that, and finding yourself. But it looks like um, a strong central performance. She's obviously won an Oscar. Uh, at least one Oscar before. Mm. Uh, it's Well, not fun. Looks interesting. Um, She's won two Oscars, right? Two Oscars. Yeah, I think you're right. So she won uh, Fargo, Fargo and, uh, and oh yes, Billboard. Two Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, which I have. I now have on DVD, and I still haven't watched. Um, one that looks really good uh, is called The Father, which is a, a terrible title, but it stars Anthony Hopkins uh, and Olivia Coleman. Uh, and it's about a guy going through dementia, effectively. So Anthony Hopkins plays the father of Olivia Coleman. And just from watching the trailer, it seems to bring across in a very interesting way where they have um, various different actors playing each character. So so they'll have someone who's not Olivia Coleman, I can't remember who it was now, uh, playing that character kind of to, to, to get across this idea of Anthony Hopkins' character not recognising who different people are. But it looks like a really strong central performance and uh, probably quite a um, distressing film maybe in some ways. But uh, mm. That's interesting. Uh, one that I don't know whether it will be troubling the Oscars, but looked really good from trailers back when it was going to be released this year, or last year rather, uh, is Promising Young Woman, starring Carey Mulligan, um, which... I've not heard of any of these films. <laughs> no, I'm, most of these I hadn't heard of till at all. This one I had heard of. It's, it's basically, um, I mean, it's again, not a, not a very uh, pleasant topic, but it's a kind of a uh, rape-revenge type thing, I think. But... Um, uh, the trailer shows her kind of pretending to get drunk and then this guy tries to take advantage of her and she reveals that she's perfectly sober. Um, but it looks like... I mean, Karen Mulligan's always good, so that, that's interesting. And uh, one again, which I saw the trailer for in the early in the year, about, called Judas and the Black Messiah, um, which is about a guy who was infiltrating the Black Panthers um, to uh, to report back to the FBI, I think. Yep. Uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Le- Lakeith Stanfield, so there's a there's a few interesting ones from from Oscar season. That I'm looking forward to to getting Oscar season. So where 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 can we watch these films then? So like, none of them have come out yet. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. Whether they, I mean, some of these are going to try and go to the cinema. I suppose some of them will go download. So I'm, yeah, or it might be we don't get them until August or something. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, given how how I mean how the coronavirus is behaving right now mm. it's highly likely that hardly likely that we'll be watching going to the cinemas anytime soon right so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good question I think some of these will be on Amazon or they'll be on Netflix but I, 
I don't know how they're going to do it. I think that's what the, everyone in the... I mean, films like this were never going to get a billion dollars anyway. No, exactly. So, well, yeah, exactly. And the budget would be a lot smaller. So you're more likely to get these streaming than you would a Black Widow or something like that. But. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, which I, I'm not sure how many categories you have left, Colin, because I'm looking at the remaining films that are on my list. They are pretty, pretty much all films that were supposed to come out last year, but okay. couldn't. Yeah. And now... Uh, yeah, so my, so my next list is, is the big budget one. So you got any big budget kind of blockbuster type films that aren't stupid superhero films? Well, there will be the James Bond film, which was the mm-hmm. first to get pushed uh, from last year because it was supposed to come out in October and now it's being pushed to April the 2nd. That's the No Time to Die. And mm. obviously the... Because originally it was supposed to come out last April, wasn't it? Uh, exactly, yeah. Months, yeah. There was pushback the most um, from this list. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the largest blockbuster that's coming out is Dune. Mm. Um, with Timothy Chalamet and that was meant to come out in December last year but it's been pushed back again to October this year um, and I I know the director was very against this film being up for streaming um, yeah. in yeah. any shape or form so um, yeah who knows where where this was uh, where, where this will hit actually um, October seems like a long way away but you never know you never, never know, know. Never yeah know. Um, then there's the Top Gun sequel uh, mm-hmm. that Colin's been looking forward to uh, yep. more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but you agree with me that Top Gun is not a great film, isn't it? I'm not it? a big fan of Top Gun, no, but I love Tom Cruise. Do you see yeah. that thing about him uh, yelling at uh, yelling at his crew? Yes, uh, for not wearing a mask. Yeah, for, for standing too close together or something. But, um, yeah. He was not a happy man. Uh, he definitely wasn't. That's on the Mission uh, Impossible set. Speaking of, speaking of which, Mission Impossible 7... He's will be a, coming up in November the nineteenth. I I didn't. Was Mission Impossible meant to come out last year? I, no, I think I think it was this year originally. Yeah, I'm getting things all mixed up now because <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming out the end of the year. The Matrix Four is coming up yes. in December twenty second. Uh, that's just that. Even though we don't know how big the budget is going to be, like yeah, there's no doubt it's going to be a massive, massive blockbuster film yes, um, yeah. and honestly it's been a while since the first few Matrix films so it's going to be quite big um, and looking at the list again everything else uh, I think won't be as blockbustery as those that yeah the, the other ones I've got are um, Free Guy which I'm not sure, I think that's I mean, it's quite big budget I guess the Ryan Reynolds one where he's a computer game character which was supposed yep. to come out uh, in December I think uh, and Godzilla vs. Kong which, um, which I, I'm kind of half excited by I, I, I liked Kong I didn't bother watching the Godzillas um, so I'm not that excited about it and Jungle Cruise which is uh, Emily Blunt and, and The Rock Dwayne Johnson oh. which again uh, has been pushed back I think that was probably going to be a Christmas movie uh, as well uh-huh. uh, of those I think it's, it's between the Tom Cruises so it's either Mission Impossible 7 or, <laughs> or the new Top Gun uh, for me uh, given how much I love the previous Mission Impossible mm. like, uh, there's no way I can't say uh, I'm not looking forward to the new one that's coming up as well uh, so my other category is other basically, <laughs> basically anything else yeah um, uh, there are a couple of comic. Uh, there are a couple of video game films being made. So there's Mortal Kombat that's coming up on April sixteenth. There? There's also mm. yeah, of course there okay. is. There's Uncharted, uh, starring yes. Tom Holland. That's yeah. coming up. Uh, I, I didn't put the date for it, like, but it'll be coming mm. up as well. Um, I think I, I saw a clip of it recent that came out recently. So yeah, um, that has that. There are a couple of musical films uh, that have been pushed back from last year. So yes. In the Heights, the Lin Manuel Miranda. Which 
the film you were most looking forward to last year. Yep, I'm, I'm also still looking forward to it this year, but yep. less of the enthusiasm I had from last year. Right. Actually, <laughs> I, I didn't love Hamilton, but I think because I just don't not a big fan of just filming stuff that's on a stage. But, uh, but I saw the trailer for In the Heights and it looks really good. It does, that. doesn't I've it? not yeah. seen the musical, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about that one. And obviously, West Side Story um, mm. from uh, Steven Spielberg, isn't it? Um, that's yes, coming yeah, up yeah. at the end of the year. Um, those are the two musical films and those are the two uh, video game films that are coming out. Uh, yeah, we've got another Disney live action. We've got Cruella starring Emma Stone, which has been in, uh, in the pod line for a while, but that's coming out next year, uh, which I think is, is taking the better decision of rather than just doing a straight remake, which a lot of these live actions have been is kind of a, a spin on it. I guess a bit like Maleficent or very like Maleficent. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be uh, an interesting one. Uh, we've got Quiet Place Part 2, which again was supposed to be last year. Um, the Death on the Nile. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah, again, it was last year, which I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but um, I was kind of in two minds about Modern Night Express. Uh, and then um, the La- Last Night in Soho, which they could write's next film, which I was already excited by before um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy stole 2020. Um, <laughs> so she's starring in that with Matt Smith, and that's. If it wasn't a horror film, this would be easily the film I'm most excited by. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it because I love Edgar Wright, but uh, I'm a little we're, bit... We are going to review it as well. As... I'm, we're going to review it. We're going to review it. Let's be brave, TJ. Let's be brave. Um, King Richard, uh, was Will Smith, and the story of the, the father of Venus and Serena Williams, which I think has the potential to be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King's Man. Let's see how this is a Kingsman prequel. Yep. Which again, I quite liked Kingsman too, but I know a lot of people didn't. I um, didn't, including season. Uh, there's one called The Man from Toronto, which I've forgotten anything about it other than the cast, which is Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson, and Kaylee Cuoco. But I love Toronto, big fan. So uh, I'm quite looking forward to that one, just so I can go, hey, I remember that place in Toronto. Um, but one of the ones I'm most excited by is as um, a documentary film called The Beatles Get Back, uh, where Peter Jackson has um, been going through hundreds of hours of footage of the Beatles get back sessions when they recorded the album that actually became uh, Let It Be in the end uh, and it's th- th- there was a film released of this Let It Be oh. uh, a documentary film at, at the time but this is a kind of relook at it and from the trailer it looks really good so as a Beatles fan I'm very interested by that oh. and it's come to Disney Plus I think nice so what a year we have to look forward to yeah, there's all the stuff, as you say, that we were hoping for uh, <laughs> last year. Uh, so we've both said Spider-Man is our favourite, or was the most anticipated superhero film. Yeah. Um, wh- what would you say is your favourite, or the one you were looking, most looking forward uh, to as non-superhero? Is it In the Heights again, or is it something else? Yeah, it has to be. Like, I, I have to admit, though, like the enthusiasm I have has died mm. down for a lot of these films because of the fact of the this whole delay thing. And I'll be more than happy to just be able to watch films again back in the cinemas, you know, uh, rather than just, yeah. So, I'd rather keep my, my expectations as low as possible right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so, I don't get disappointed later on, but, yeah, um, I'm still looking towards, uh, looking forward towards um, In the Heights. Um, you know, the new Mission Impossible should be good. Um, hmm. Spider-Man was, uh, is awesome. Uh, can't, yeah. Can't wait for that, yeah. Yeah, I'd say for me, so I would have said Spider-Man and the two Tom Cruises. Last night in Soho, I think, as I say, if it wasn't horror, it would definitely top for I'm still quite looking forward to it. Um, I didn't. I forgot to mention the last duel, which is um, again postponed. But no, I think it's postponed. But notable because it's um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon writing it for the first time 
in London. Oh, wow. They've written a film together. So uh, it's Ridley Scott, I think. So uh, that could be an interesting one as well. Yeah. Right then. But we've done with that, TJ, and we move on, um, as you say, earlier <laughs> to, to my section, which is the yes. C to Z Awards. It's the awards um, for the 2020 film and uh, year in film. Um, it's been harder to put together than, than in some years. <laughs> uh, uh, can, can I make a guess? Can I make a guess? Okay. I'm pretty sure Anya Taylor-Joy will appear in it. I'm not sure she does. What? I know. I know. You weird, just said that it was her year last year. It was her year. <laughs> it was her year. Maybe. Well, she she does tangentially appear. I think I'm trying to play down how much I'm obsessed with Anya Taylor-Joy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, here we go. The first award um, mm. goes to the best film with an animal in a title that didn't actually feature that animal. <laughs> um, uh, in fourth place is Artemis Fowl. Oh, nice, clever, yeah. Which is a terrible film. Um, Third place, another bad film, uh, Birds of Prey, Uh, uh, which I guess kind of in two ways didn't feature birds because it didn't didn't feature any birds literally and the Birds of Prey characters were hardly in it either. Yep. Um, Second place goes to The Lovebirds, which I don't know if you saw that in Netflix comedy. Yep. Uh, Uh, Ray and Kumail Nanjiani. Yes, I have seen that, yes. Um, But the winner is Jojo Rabbit uh, with an inexplicable title. I think at I one point st- someone calls him a rabbit or something, but what's going on there? I still need to watch a film. I've not seen that yet. Okay, okay. Um, right, award number two um, is the best time travel film that somehow made more sense than Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> do they sound better than Tenet as well? Some of them do. Some of them definitely <laughs> don't. Um, the fourth place goes to Love Wedding Repeat. Um, which is a terrible Netflix film starring Olivia Munn and Sam Claflin about uh, it's it's a day of wedding, but they kind of it's kind of like a parallel universe thing of I don't think anyone actually is time traveling. It's just various different ways this day could have gone. Okay, um, it's really bad. There's also no commas in the title. It's just love, love wedding repeat. With you surely you want love comma wedding comma repeat. Anyway. My film. Uh, number two, or sorry, no, third place rather, goes to Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes, I knew this was come, this will come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the surprise highlights of last year, to be honest. Well, it was the film I said, as you may remember, this time last year I said was the one I was most looking forward to. Ah. Um, and it actually came out, so that was nice. Um, the time travel doesn't make sense, but it kind no. of that's part of the shtick, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah. Um, second place, a surprise entry for The Christmas Chronicles 2. Um, I don't know if you've had the pleasure of watching the Netflix Christmas Chronicles films where, where nope. Kurt Russell plays Father Christmas. Um, but in the, the, it came out a couple of years ago and then the this, this sequel this year, um, which isn't great, to be honest. But at some point they go back um, in time to the 80s, I think it was. Was it 80s? 70s? Um, and I couldn't for the life work out why on earth they were doing this. And then it turned out that this girl had met her dad when he was uh, much younger. I was like, okay, that's why he did it. But it didn't have anything else to do with the plot, really. Weird. Um, I'm not sure I've written the title of this next one. Don't worry. Uh, but the winner goes to Palm Springs. What are all these films? Is it called Palm Springs? I may have got the title wrong. <laughs> what is this film? What's, what is it uh, about? Tell me. Uh, so it's a... Here we are. Yes, it's a, it's a time travel movie. It's a, basically, it's Groundhog Day. Um, it stars uh, Kristen Milioti and Andy Samberg. Uh, with Jacob Simmons, uh, with, um, a guy discovers this portal that makes a repeater every day, and then he brings this girl into it, and they both repeat every day. Now, it's a really good film, um, and it 
it wins this partly because of the uh, even more time travel shenanigans that it's not yet being released in this country. Um, let's not go into details even of how I managed to watch it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's really good. Uh, when it comes out, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think it came to Hulu in the US. Anyway. Uh, I'm not sure the last film actually is, has a better time traveling story than Tenet, right? Surely. Well, it's, it's got a whole Groundhog Day thing going on. It's uh, uh, That's time travel, isn't it? It makes more sense than tenants. It makes more sense than tenants. They all make more sense than tenants. Uh, <laughs> uh, the third award is the is the it's a return for an ever popular favourite, uh, the Anna Kendrick "You Should Fire Your Agent" award. Ah. Oh. Um, the third place goes to Karen Gillan, um, who is still is still huge, still big. But um, I saw the film "The Call of the Wild" on Disney Plus. Uh-huh. Harrison Ford and a really weird CGI dog, motion capture hey. dog. Yep. Karen Gillan's in it for like five minutes, doing almost nothing. I think, why, Karen, did you sign up for this? It doesn't make any sense. It's just so, kind of looking at things, that's that's Karen Gillan. Anyway, uh, second place goes to Anne Hathaway, um, because she was in a couple of films this year. She was in Dark Waters, a Mark Ruffalo film where she played wife of. I think Anne Hathaway is too big to play minor character wife of main guy whose main role is just to say, are you okay, Mark Ruffalo? And she was in The Witches, where she had to make an apology uh, to people with limb differences. Uh... <laughs> but the winner is Robert Downey Jr., um, one of the most highly paid actors in Hollywood. We were looking to see what is going to be his first post-Iron Man film. What's he going to do to to bring the audiences in, to c- cement his place at the top of the pile? And he made Doolittle, which everyone hated. <laughs> Do it does seem to be a 2019 thing, but God, I'm getting my years wrong. But like I say, it's, it's difficult to remember what happened this year, but I'm, that was towards the start of this year, I think pre COVID. Um, so it still did very badly at the box office, even though cinemas were very much open. Um, oh. And he did a, little, did a Welsh accent for it as well, I believe. Mm. Yes. Take a sip of water as I make my way through. Um, award number four um, is the best title for the film 1917. Um, in third place is 1917, which in hindsight is not a great title, I don't <laughs> think. Um, I liked the film a lot, but that's not a great title. Uh, second place is Onward, which I think would have been a much better title. Um, mm. But the winner uh, is Bombshell, which I think ah. works on, on multiple levels and would have been, a, would have been an excellent title for that film. <laughs> oh, honestly, the same thing with that. I can't believe 1917 was last year as well. Well, it was in this country. I think it got released in America the uh, year before. Yeah. Um, now, that's the thing, you see, because pre-COVID now seems to be 2019. Yes. Post-COVID seems yes. to be 2020. That's why, that's the problem, is the, the line has been shifted it, quite a bit. It has. You think, we think all future cinematic years should be based around when... Although, just to confuse matters, COVID-19 was discovered on the 31st of December 2019. So of you, course you, it you, You're right that, I guess, 2019 was pre-COVID, quite literally. Um Award number five, Zijan, is the best is the biggest film triumph by an actor we always badmouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so in fourth place, uh, it goes to Gerard Butler for Greenland, uh, which I haven't seen, but apparently you badmouth Gerard Butler more than I do. Yeah, these are mostly me, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I don't like Gerard Butler, and I'm not going to watch Greenland, but apparently it's all right. Uh, third place goes to Isla Fisher for Godmothered, a film which uh, you may recall I said last time was fine. 
Yes. And therefore, uh, probably her best ever film. Yeah, and I blame you still for the Isla Fisher, Amy Adams. Yeah. On the, yes. Yeah. yeah like yeah, the factor yeah. thing. Yes. Well, the wedding crash is all right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> second place uh, is Uncut Gems. Sorry, it's Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 probably don't badmouth Adam Sandler as much as I badmouth Gerald Butler. I, I think we tend to avoid Adam Sandler mentioning Adam yeah. Sandler on this podcast to begin to begin with. You know, in general. Um, I mean, apart from that time you chose for us to do him for Active Factor. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we we do tend to avoid him and his yes. films in general. So that's probably why he doesn't come up often enough. For us to bet off him. Uh, no, but Uncle Jem's a good film, still on Netflix. Uh, but the winner of this one, um, it's your favourite, it's Will Smith um, <laughs> for, the, for the film Bad Boys for Life, um, which I have not seen, um, but which is the 2020 highest box office film in America. Ooh, well done, Will. Um, some would say it's because no big films are released uh, after February. <laughs> give, give him this trophy, man. <laughs> well done, Will. <laughs> Uh, $450 million, I think, um, which would struggle to break the top 10, would it, in most years? I don't know. Maybe it would. Anyway, Did I feel come out lockdown? I can't remember now. No, that came out pre-lockdown, uh. I believe. Um, this is another returning favourite season, and this is traditionally where I bring you in as well. Um, I've, although I've given it a name now. It was previously called The Best Film I Never Got Around to Seeing. It's now called The Godfather 2 Award for The Best Film I Never Got Around to Seeing, just because I... <laughs> I've never got around to seeing The Godfather Part 2. Um, I really struggled, though, with this one this year because I've watched almost every film that I wanted to watch that came out. <laughs> um, so second place goes to a film called uh, Finding the Way Back, which in America is called The Way Back. I don't know why they added The Finding in the UK, um, which is Ben Affleck as, uh, I think, an alcoholic basketball coach or something, which looks like it might be good. Uh, but the winner is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which came out on uh, Netflix towards the end of the year, which looks like it's going to be an Oscar favourite. Um, and which, to be honest, I was going to watch and then I didn't just so that I'd have something for this category. <laughs> and, and you decided to bring me in right now so that I can quickly Google stuff to see what films <laughs> came out last year. Wow, wow. Happens every year, isn't it? Every year. Oh my goodness. Why do what, I keep forgetting to do this? Can you think of any film that you didn't see this year that you wanted to? Uh, Apart from Cast Away. I, I feel like... Oh. Can we, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, never ever watch Castaway. <laughs> um, um, there's this some really the, bad films that came out last year. Uh, this is the problem because all all, all the good stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, see, like I wanted to watch Mulan, but obviously now it's rubbish. I'm not gonna watch yeah. it again. Jojo uh, Rabbit, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, that 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 could work. But really, there have been some really bad films that came out yeah. last year, and I'm definitely never going to watch them anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. Invisible Man. It got quite oh, good okay. Yeah, so. yeah, that's supposed to be very good, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, award number seven: the most desperate but ultimately doomed attempts to rescue a movie. Um, <laughs> the fourth place goes to DC slash Warner Brothers um, for their renaming of Birds of Prey when it was already in cinemas. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant. Now I think about it, maybe it should have been higher at this list, but that, that was a good effort. Uh, third place goes to Disney for releasing the New Mutants. Um, it was worth <laughs> a try, I suppose. It uh, was about to come out eventually, right? I guess it had to. Second place goes to Disney uh, as well um, for charging for Milan, um, oh. trying to rescue their box office and failing horribly. Um, but the winner goes back to Warner Brothers, and it's, it's predicting the future a little bit. Um, it's firing Johnny Depp from Fantastic Beasts 3. Uh I don't think it's going to work. I don't think people are going to watch it. Nope. 
No, we have to watch it probably. Because we have to watch. It. I quite, I, I, I quite like looking forward to it, um, but others aren't. Thinking about it, I, I think I've got this wrong. I think it should have gone to the Birds of Prey. To be honest, yeah, that 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 definitely wins it. I mean, changing the name halfway through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, there you go. Leaks change. They've now won it. I mean, it's Warner Brothers either way, so so they, they're definitely the winner. Uh, award eight goes. It's um, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio Award for most obvious Oscar bait. Um, in fourth place, we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yep. Uh, playing Fred Rogers uh, and getting his Oscar nomination. Uh, third place goes to Charlize Theron for Bombshell, uh, playing a real character, significantly changing the way she looks to make her look more like that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's how she got her Oscar. Mm-hmm. Try it again. Yep. Uh, second place goes to Mark Ruffalo for Dark Waters. This is a strong contender because he was basically just playing Aaron Brockovich. Um, it failed horribly, but the the winner is David Fincher for Mank. Uh, he's made a film about Hollywood. Uh, yes. He's made it black and white for some reason. Uh, nothing uh, says Oscar bit like that. He's basically taking all the boxes of Oscar. <laughs> it is such obvious Oscar bait. Yeah. Oh. Right, we're getting towards the end now. Um, the the ninth award. Um, I don't think we're going to have this award again. It is the best second attempt at being blue. Um, where the second place goes to Ben Schwartz for Sonic the Hedgehog, um, <laughs> where the first attempt was horrendous uh, in the trailers, and they pushed it back, and he looked better, or the Sonic looked better. Although again, I haven't seen it, um, and it came out in this year apparently. Which that, that, I think of all the films here, that surprised me most that Sonic was this year. Mm. And uh, I think yeah, I, I see. I've seen the new trailer; it, it definitely improved a lot. So that that's that. Um, but the winner is Jamie Foxx for Soul, um, having been blue uh, unsuccessfully in Amazing Spider-Man Two. He's back. He's bluer than ever, uh, and he's much better. Yep. In the film Soul, uh, the tenth and final movie award is the big one. Uh, I say it's the big one. <laughs> it's sure it's the big one. Uh, it is uh, the award for the most inexplicable movie decision of the year. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of contenders this one actually I found it difficult to whittle it down um, in what's this one fifth place uh-huh. uh, is Bong Joon-ho um, for releasing a black and white version of Parasite I, I think it's a great film I think he's a great director and did writer. that happen? But he, he, yeah they released a black and white version oh. I don't I don't know why I don't know why uh, uh, it's not like he's not won an Oscar either well he's, he's won loads of them hasn't he yeah uh, exactly so Inexplicable, but not as inexplicable as the fourth place, which is Sasha Baron Cohen uh, for his accent in the trial of the Chicago Seven. That's <laughs> 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 so true. That inexplicable. So true. Um, third place, uh, this is the closest we're getting to Anya Taylor Joy mention. The award goes to Orson DeWilde um, for. Uh, have you seen Emma? No, I've not seen Emma yet. Oh, such a good film. Um, but at a pivotal moment in a proposal, um, her nose starts bleeding. It's so weird. Uh, it's obviously not in the book. It kind of completely punctures the moment. Um, th- this is less, I guess, less designed to be amusing than just something I found really weird um, <laughs> this year. Just so strange. Uh, although Annie Taylor Joy um, was very proud of herself because she was acting so well that she actually made her own nose bleed at that point. Um, somehow her nose just started bleeding that's pretty impressive anyway uh, but second place of course who? how could it not be Christopher Nolan um, for 
for covering key dialogue with sound effects in Tenet. For, for having powder key dialogue on speedboats. On speedboats, do things. Yes, basically every sound decision in Tenet. Oh, um, awful, awful. A strong contender, and you think would be the winner, Zijan. You think would be the winner, but in fact, the winner for the most inexplicable movie decision of the year. Um, he's he won a he won a prize last year as well. Uh, it's you, Zijan. Uh, it's you for watching Holiday. <laughs> uh, I'm quite pleased to appear on your list. I never play. I never appear on your blog, Colin. So no, I just get to appear on this. Yes. I'm so sorry for not not including my blog. But having having uh, last year um, won the prize for best solo effort, and I think the year before coming second in um, best Amy Adams impression. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I keep reading this. I, I mean, I need, I need to start sharing this. I need to give, I need to prepare like a, uh, a speech. Yes, yes. Next, next year. Next year, next year. But yeah, well done, Colin. Um, Thank you, Zinian. Yeah. This must be quite tough to come up with some of the categories here. It's a honestly. lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun putting yeah. together. So I always enjoy it's it. It's a lot of fun listening to it as well. So oh, good. Yeah. yeah, glad you enjoyed it. That's the ACDZ Awards. Well done to all the winners. Um, we move on to Actor Factor, where we talk about the films of a particular actor. And uh, in this case, it is Michael Stuhlbarg, who may not be um, uh, the most A-list name we've had in the list, but has made a lot of films I think people will have seen. Zizan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, in fact, he starred in three Oscar-nominated Best Picture films in the same year, mm. where he starred mm. in The Post, The Shape of Water, and Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember him in the post or the Shape of Water, or maybe the Shape of Water. I think I think he played a co-worker. Yeah, he's. It's rare that he he's the lead in any of these films. He, yeah, he's not the lead. I think in Call Me by Your Name, he probably has the third most screen time after the two main leads by uh, Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. Hmm. Um, of the three films, my favorite is still Call Me by Your Name. Uh, hmm. The, the Shape of Water was okay. I know it won uh, the Oscar for Best Film. I don't think it was the best of the year. No, I thought no. I thought Three Billboards was uh, better than The Shape of Water. I thought The Shape of Water was slightly too long, uh, overplodding, and uh, the, the whole relationship thing, yeah, it's, yeah, not, hmm. uh, not the best film out there, but still a decent good, uh, a decent film. Uh, the post I saw recently, I know you don't like it that much, Colin. Um, no, no. But I did my it. Uh, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Uh, Meryl Streep as the editor of the Washington Post. Uh, back when they were... Is this the Watergate scandal, right? Uh, by Kara. Uh, I don't know Watergate, was. was it? It was some papers the, or other. Pen- the Pentagon Papers. Oh, the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, you're correct. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, so I do remember Michael Michael Stubach's uh, performances in both those two films, but I do remember him in *Coming by Your Name* uh, quite vividly because he plays the father of Timothy Chalamet's uh, character. Right. And he okay. gives a very good, uh, brilliant speech at the end when he sees. Uh, so in *Coming by Your Name*, it's uh, tells the story of the love between uh, Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. Uh, at the end, you know he suffered from heartbreak, and basically Michael Stubach had this whole monologue about. Uh, you know, heartbreak and loss and things like that, and it was done very well. And I think it's one of the most memorable parts of the film. Um, hmm. So yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's up there. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I so say a lot of these. I don't really remember what he did in them, as as, as you say. Um, so he was in Doctor Strange. Apparently, I think he might have been a, 
was he the surgeon who wasn't as good as Doctor Strange? I think that was his gig. Uh, he was in Arrival, Danny Villeneuve, which um, is very good, albeit quite slow-moving film. And again, I don't remember what he did in that. Uh, Trumbo, um, which is a great Brian Cranston lead. Uh, what I do you remember him as Steve Jobs, uh, which is really good film he played um a guy called andy i think he was he works alongside steve jobs and um yeah one of his more prominent roles and kind of this put upon guy uh who also behind steve jobs back paid for his daughter's uh university education and stuff so uh he's got a lot to do in that one uh paul and sacrifice which was um the story of bobby fisher uh, played by toby Maguire, which is not a very well-known film i think it's now on netflix now that everyone loves chess hmm. um i had to get a, a check Check a DVD from the Czech Republic, I think, because it was not available in the UK. Uh, if only I'd waited. It's a good film, good performance uh, from Tony Maguire. Uh, Blue Jasmine, which my brother loves, um, which has uh, got what's her name, Kate Blanchett, an Oscar, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, he's in Hitchcock, which wasn't fantastic; it was fine. Um, Lincoln, which is Spielberg, and is is good, um, albeit very long. Uh, apparently, he's Men in Black Three, which I don't remember. Yep, me neither. I have it on my list, but I don't yeah. remember that either. Uh, he was in Hugo, which again, I don't remember what he did. Um, and he was the lead of A Serious Man, um, which is probably one of my favourite Coen Brothers films, uh, which he's very good in. This is kind of obviously the very early days for him. I think he's done... I say kind of think he's done a few, but I've seen one I've got, some he hasn't. But um, that's his only lead performance I've I've seen. He's probably much more a kind of supporting character actor he does star in very good films though like he there's no deny his choice like this is the opposite of the Anna Kendrick award yes, like, yes. His, his agent does does choose him very good roles or good films yeah I think he's he does so well as these kind of really s- solid supporting characters that don't necessarily don't steal the limelight this is like this I guess this is why we don't really remember a lot of what he's he's done other than the fact that he looks quite a lot like Joaquin Phoenix so the first couple of things yeah. I saw him in I was like is that Joaquin Phoenix um <laughs> I first saw him in an Aaron Sorkin TV series, uh, um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which we had a couple of episodes in. There you go, Michael Stolberg. What's your favourite? Oh, no, you've got, have you got more? No, no. We've covered all the films that I've seen cool. him. I think my favourite was Call Me By Your Name. And your least favourite? Yeah, it's hard because all his films are pretty good, but I think mm. uh, it's between The Post and Doctor Strange, but neither mm. of those are bad films on their own, in their own right, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think Steve Jobs is probably my favourite of that list. Um, but as you say, they're all all good. Uh, I, I didn't like The Shape of Water or The Post, really. I mean, again, you can't really say they're bad films. They're both Oscar-nominated, uh, but I'd, I'd say one of those two. Hmm. But yeah, well done, Michael Stuhlberg. Uh, next time we're doing Look Back in Oscar, where we watch a film uh, that's won the Best Picture Oscars, Ejan. Can you remember the title of the film watching? <laughs> Why? It's The Last Weekend, I think. Or the is last last weekend. weekend. Is it lost or last? I lost. can't remember when I saw it. It is an O. It's lost weekend. The lost weekend. Uh, Billy Wilder. Uh, right, then we move on to our final segment, which is our first quiz segment of the year. Uh, Zijan, you've requested George Lucas, who it turns out directed very few films. So we're, yes. um, we've, we're excluding Indiana Jones and Star Wars, but we're including films that he executive produced yeah i'm pretty sure we quiz on well i don't quiz on star wars because you definitely do it on your <laughs> with, uh, done it a lot yeah, yeah yeah exactly and we've done indiana jones before so it makes no sense to do those um absolutely so yeah um and this yeah we discovered this is quite that a surprise to me actually films. looking through this list because there's some films i won't name them but um, that i thought that i definitely thought george lucas directed and it turns out he didn't so I'm, yeah it seems that he's kind of like the the 
the, the driving force behind films. I guess yes. like the original Star Wars didn't bother. He didn't direct those. Um, anyway, exactly. so carry on. question one: uh, George Lucas's debut film is THX one one three eight. What is THX one one three eight? It's some sort of uh, android thing, isn't it? Is it an android? Cyborg. Thing? So I know it's the name of the protagonist, but I didn't know he was an uh, android. He might not be. I've not seen it. Um, just look that up. Um, well, this feels like cheating now. I'm looking up a Wikipedia page of a thing we're talking about. But, um, it, it could be. Uh, I'm going to Google. It's THX1138 and Android. Oh, no. He produces androids. Yeah. He's, I mean, his name's... Yeah. I would accept that like, he's a protagonist or he's a main person or <laughs> anything like that. Is it... Is it one of those kind of Blade Runner things where it turns out that he is actually an android? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That? That's why I have to look it up, look it up <laughs> because I've not seen the film before. Um, uh, I let's think assume just... that it's not until, um, unless we find otherwise, shall we? Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. Um, okay, uh, who played THX1138? It's uh, Robert Duvall. It is Robert Duvall, very good. Yeah. Uh, question two, in which American states is American graffiti set in? I think it's California. That's correct. Um, who directed Labyrinth? <laughs> yep, Jim Henson, because that's my question four. All right, yeah, correct. <laughs> question three In which uh, George Lucas uh, produced film do the characters Littlefoot, Ducky, and Spike appear? Littlefoot, Ducky, and Spike. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll give you more. Sharp Tooth appears as well. Sorry? Sharp Tooth. Sharp Tooth. It's not strange magic, is it? No, it's the land before time. These are all dinosaurs. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, question three: Ed Gale, Chip Zine, Jordan Prentice, and others were involved in portraying which title character? <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't even know. No, I have no idea. Who is it? Uh, How would the duck? Ah. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, I should have guessed that. Uh, question four, Colin. Uh, who directed yeah. Labyrinth? I think it was Jim Henson. Yeah, yes, Jim Henson. Uh, question four for you. Uh, which Shakespeare play inspired the animation Strange Magic? A bit Summer's Night Dream because that's my question five for you, Colin. Okay, correct. Uh, do you want me to repeat the same question you um, asked me? I'll take the point, uh, which means question four. So it's three all. Uh, this is the final question, so you can win, go ahead for the year. Uh, in his early stages, uh, which film based on a George Lucas story is getting a spin-off Disney Plus series in 2022? Why do I keep thinking uh, How the Duck? <laughs> but you won't ask the same the question about the same film twice, right? Uh, uh, well, you haven't asked anything about American Graffiti, and I assume there will be one on American Graffiti, so I'm going to go with American Graffiti. Uh, no, it's Willow. Ah. Uh, Warwick Davis is back, um, which puts us at a draw for the year. Uh, and uh, I don't think we've done this before. Our quiz topic for next time is going to be uh, the Muppets movies. There's quite just a few of them, aren't there? Just because well. I watched Christmas Carol this year, <laughs> the first time. Um, and that's, really a, that's a good film, though. That's a very it's good very good. It's very good. Uh, we've already said it many times, but for anyone who's forgotten, Zijan, what is our main topic for next time? WW84. WW84. <laughs> So much quicker to say than Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what it was. That's what the title is in the, in the opening credits. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I look forward to that. Uh, thank you, Suzanne, for for um, this uh, another wonderful year of 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 podcasting. We look forward to a wonderful twenty twenty one. See you then. Bye. <laughs>